Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. Hello? <laughs> this be old Grey Whiskers here. Hello? <laughs> Hello, be there anyone there? Well, right you are. Here we go. As you tried that there Patreon thing of me, if you enjoys a good chat amongst other folks, what enjoys your favourite wireless programme, what? why not bung them a few bob? You'll have to find some young whippersnapper what knows how to use one of them there computer thing of me's, but why not? If I can afford a few bob on me pension... So in you. (laughs) (laughs) He is actually. With a rendition of Bart Green like that, this can only be dum-de-dum, this show about the reality docudrama that has sent an ambridge in the heart of the Midlands. I'm the juice goddess, that is Royfield Brown, and with me are the therapist in a tab bar, that is... Lucy Freeman. Surely that should be with, with a spoon. But anyway, and the last part of Susan's <laughs> triumphant week, folks, is you. Now, this week's dum-de-dum is from uh, Lydia and Holly. And, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out on a limb, Lucy, and say that will never, ever be topped in sheer energy, <laughs> cuteness, on every level. You Lung just go, power, you know, I think. That yeah, actually yeah. held that, that last note for quite what a while. What a note. What a note. <laughs> I know a few weeks ago we were talking about Dame Kiri Tikanawa. She, she can move over. <laughs> You're out, Mrs. <laughs> right. Wow. And, 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 and an Archers fan started young as well. Excellent. That's what we like. Next generation every, of listeners. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, if you can attempt to even beat that, good luck to you. You'll lose because that was wonderful. Well done, Mother 
and daughter. But Lucy, mm-hmm. if somebody wants to take up the cudgels, give it a go, give it a try, and send us in a dum de dum. How can they do that? If you would like to sing us a Dumpty Dum or leave us a plot prediction, then call us on 0203 or leave us a message on SpeakPipe. Thank you to Cosmo for his podcast roundups and for doing the Dumpty Dogs, Shambridge for her voices, Mike Hatton for his character counts, and Derek for Lone in the Back Bedroom. Uh, Derek thoroughly enjoyed the wedding reception at the Flood Bar. As he always says, a party isn't a party unless there's a strong smell of damp. <laughs> well done you oh gosh on this week's episode oh god we've got a lot of calls we hear views from bernie i think it would be quicker to say who hadn't called in really yes with a spoon he's the only person who hasn't called because no (laughs) Theresa may because she's in strasbourg apart from that everybody else has called everybody (laughs) else has called bernie nigel kitty andy rachel vicky jacqueline sue nicola claire and dan but first before the calls before chat about the dum de dum meetup in Toronto on April the 13th. It's our Lucy and our week in Ambridge. I'm yet! I have a look. <laughs> well, what a social whirl it was this week in Ambridge. Weddings, dinner parties, stag do's, well... I say stag too. It was actually Roy sitting with a four pack of Polish lager watching Tom iron his underpants while Tom assured him <laughs> that he was making a good decision. Yep. Really, really good. Definitely. Yep. Good. No worries there. Yep. <laughs> the wedding itself was hugely moving. Tom made a joke about mobile phones. Natasha asked Tony to be her new daddy as hers had taken the fatal step in any Ambridge journey of stopping at a service station and was being resuscitated (laughs) by paramedics. (laughs) The happy couple, of course, had written their own vows, God help us. Tom sounded quite romantic. Natasha's was slightly more to the point. I, Natasha, look you, there's lovely. Take thee, Tom Archer, Mm -hmm. for better, for worse, and for everything you've got, including rights up to and including a share of Bridge Palm and profits thereof. (laughs) They signed the register. Well, Natasha did. Tom signed something Natasha gave him that she said he didn't have to worry about, but it had his parents' names on and was headed Dignitas. Roy was initially asked to be best man, but ducked out in lieu of a vacuum cleaner presentation. Obviously, being a best man is a hugely responsible job that you would only ask someone that meant a great deal to you to do. So Tom considered Ed, Hannah, Tampax Des, and the AI man before finally (laughs) plumping for Johnny. Everyone kept banging on about what an important job being a best man is. But for God's sake, this was a shambolic get-together in a registry office organised at a week's notice with a reception held in a damp pub attic. Not a full choral job at St Paul's Cathedral. I'm not sure they even exchanged rings, so why Tom needed a best man at all was completely beyond me. Johnny didn't Mm. even have to organise a stag do unless he was there holding the ironing board up. Pat was slightly horrified that (laughs) Natasha had taken the Archer name. Of course she did. It'll look better in the divorce. As Pat is, of course, a raving feminist who spends her time looking after her daughter's children, cooing over her son and making sure dinner's on the table when he comes in. Move over, Gloria Steinem. Anyway, Mm. after a bit of a chat about the problems at the abattoir, your standard wedding chit-chat, basically, Tony and Johnny had to rush back to Bridge Farm to check on the Montbelliards. Last time they left them for a length of time, they came home to find the Montbelliards wearing yellow vests, smoking gulwars, having spray-painted Tony is an idiot on the side of the barn. 
I've lost the <laughs> page. There we go. Uh, Eddie tried to interest Hannah in pay for a favour, but she pointed out that Tracy was already doing a ten or a ham job, so Hannah's skills were already being offered. <laughs> More socialising with the dinner party, which featured horseradish snow and something rather puree. I hate dinner party food where it's more like a guessing game than a meal. Ooh, now is that coriander in there? Or did you get a bit of Mr. Muscle in the mixing bowl? Neil, de- <laughs> Neil dealt with the stress by getting comfortably rat assed with Brian. Neil's the only person in the world who becomes more coherent when he's drunk. I think we all suddenly realised why Alice may have a fondness for the bottle. And we watched her being picked at by both her mother and mother-in-law. And I'd imagine she cracked open a bottle of furniture polish as soon as she got home. Ed and Emma. Well, Ed, the new anarcho-socialist, got the tour of their new home. <laughs> this is where you'll come in, said Justin, straight into the washing machine. Then you just hurdle the fridge, shuffle forward and bingo, you're out in the garden. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, isn't it lovely, Ed? Ed asked Justin some rather personal questions about how big his passage was and certainly sounded chippier than normal. This is Tim, the Australian communist's influence, I imagine. So Mm. typical of Ed that as soon as Corbynism goes right out of fashion, Ed grabs it with both hands, the very same hands that will soon be waving bye-bye to the deposit, the house and his reputation, if our cynical views about tiny Tim are correct. Stand by for a rather ill-judged piece about Zionism by Ed in the next parish newsletter. (laughs) (laughs) Then over to the bull. (laughs) <laughs> where everyone ate pancakes and said no problem, unless it was William, in which case it was no problem. And some startling news at the bull. In the space of the time it took her to walk back from the shop to the bull, which I'd imagine was about seven minutes, Jolene went from thinking that having a performance criticised on social media was a terrible thing to the decision that she would goad her many critics by actually performing live, unplugged, no less. Now, bearing in mind Jolene generally has at least one appliance humming about her person at any one time, this is a big deal. And this is the Archers, after all, so it'll either be such a disaster she has to change her identity and leave the country, or she'll get a recording contract and clear off to live in the Cotswolds with her manager. Either way, it suits me, as it'll mean we don't have to hear her sing anymore. The end. Oh, well done, you. The triumph this week so much better than last week. Uh, but you know what? Because Tampax Les was back in it. I do Dead, like him, you not know. Les. Oh, same thing. <laughs> well done. Where have you gone? You sounded, you sounded all distant. No, I'm here. I dropped something on the floor. I'm back again. Mm. How long did you say it takes to walk from the village shop to the ball? So you've just calculated. I could hear you clicking. I knew you were doing something. Seven minutes, I said. Uh, well, it's one, two, three, four buildings away. So I reckon it will take all of like 40 seconds. Right. Well, then mm. it's even sillier that she decided that in that time. Mm. Um, I can't remember mm. where I heard this. It could even have been on Dum Dum, so I do apologise. <laughs> but I there was um, a scene had to be rewritten in The Archers fairly recently because I think it was Lillian was going to get in her car and go from wherever to wherever and then somebody went, oi, have you, have you, remember the map. It's like just around the corner. She wouldn't have got in the car. Right. Mm. Where did I hear that, Lucy? I don't know. I've never heard it. Oh. Well, it must have been talking to Kerry. It must have maps. been. It must have been. Though that bit must have didn't make the show. So maybe we said it off mic oh. uh, about how the, the, actually the map of Ambridge 
actually is an omnipresent and you need it. Uh, though that fell through the cracks and they recorded the scene and it was like the script editor that went, oi, she wouldn't mm. get in the car to do that. It's no. literally just around the corner. Yeah. Anyway, uh, that's just one way of saying that uh, there's a new map corner out uh, at the moment. <laughs> and uh, Kerry Davis um, joins me. Subtle, on... Royf, Very <laughs> subtle. Yeah, I- I'd say that was smooth, Lucy. Smooth. <laughs> By our standards, it was, yeah. <laughs> Kerry Davis, that, that Uncle God, uh, joins me to talk about um, creating the drama of Ambridge uh, and um, how that maps out. And it's cool. So go to mapcorner.space, go listen to that or type mapcorner into a podcatcher of your choice. And and it's awesome. Uh, so, so that's that. So, right, last week in Ambridge, Arloose, um, I don't think we really have much time to, to go through it because we well, had nothing much happened, so it was all right. Calls. Oh, there was a wedding. Come on. Yeah, but it, what sort of a wedding was it? It was rubbish, wasn't it? Well, it was a wedding. Well, no one was there. Are you saying that if you get married in a registry office, ditto, it's rubbish? No, of That's course not. That's not a proper wedding. No, of course not. It was just kind of, it's the build-up that we like with a wedding. There wasn't any build-up. Everybody was slightly bewildered as to what Tom the hell they were doing was there. was polishing his shoes the day before. We had a scene where... <laughs> He was the most boring his... <laughs> character was polishing his shoes and it was commented on. That is stellar build-up. Oh, yes, it was just... I did like... Uh, I quite liked um, Kenton sniggering away in the, in the audience saying, wouldn't it be funny if Natasha didn't turn off? Um, and I have to say, this week was written mm. by Uncle God Kerry mm. and... I know this is favoritism and I should not have the favorites, but mm. I think we all do, don't we? But when um, it is a Kerry week, if I, if my head, because I listen to it when I'm walking the dog sometimes mm. and I have my headphones on and if I get them tangled up in my coat or my scarf or something like that, they fall out and I sort of um, <laughs> faff around with them and then figure it out and put them back in again. But mm. when it's a Kerry week, I rewind it so that I don't miss any single word because every single word is there for a reason it's so good therapist in a tabard (laughs) and i just love the dinner party and that made me laugh out loud kenton going kenton being mean made me laugh out loud um yeah it was it was susan's week though it definitely was that kind of just the the horseradish snow and um Poor old Neil getting quietly rat <laughs> And then he couldn't stand up to say goodbye to them because he'd yeah. gone to sleep. Just really sweet. I liked no. it a lot. Absolutely. Absolutely. A stellar week, Mr. Davis. Uh, yeah. Keep it up, sir. We need to move swiftly on our loose. Okay. Because um, we've got calls aplenty. Okay. Hello, Ambridge3962. First off, it's our Kitty. Hello, it's Kitty here. Uh, I haven't called in for a while. I'm actually just in the middle of listening to your latest podcast, and you're talking about the Helen and Lee thing, and the Tom Archer. Basically, that whole family are just doing my head in. Tom is such an absolute idiot, and I'm. it's only actually Thursday, there's still two episodes to go for the week but I just wanted to get in there that uh yeah 
I think it's right, whoever's prediction it was, that this uh, Natasha is basically, well, I think Royfield said she's marrying Bridge Farm. I think it's definitely going to, they just, but it just feels like lazy writing. They're just rushing this whole wedding through so that they can have Natasha there as a big, big old threat on the farm. And they're all just going to be idiots like they always are. Tony's a bloody idiot. Pat's an idiot. Tom's an idiot. And Helen should be more switched on. But yeah, that's all I wanted to get in there. Thank you. <laughs> She's right, you know. They ought to just rechristen it Idiot Farm, not Bridge Farm. This, um, Natasha, you could all... It's quite... They made it a little bit sort of ambiguous as a bit of... Um, a bit of kind of we're not quite so sure now because she said, you know, that she'd come, she'd rebounded out of this massive relationship that she was in for years. Um, she said that it's almost like she needs them to provide her with family. Mm. Um, that kind of came across a little bit as well, even though she seems quite close with her own family. But I still, I, I just cannot get to grips. I do like her voice very much. I cannot get to grips with who she is as a person yet. Mm. Well, I, I, for me, what was significant? Oh, by the way, Kitty, I, I disagree with you. First off, that it's lazy writing. Um, Natasha has come as a shock to the Bridge Farm archers, uh, as she's a, a shock to us, and that's the whole point. And that there's obviously going to be two or three things about her personality which are going to be revealed uh, because Tom didn't get to know her in uh, the fullness of time, so to speak, that this has been a rush. But for me, the significant thing is that Tom said to Roy that she asked him to, you know, yes. she asked him yeah, to yeah, get yeah, married. Yeah. That yeah. was really significant. It was almost said kind of underneath the breath. It wasn't like a big dun, 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 whatever, you know, yeah. he's there polishing his shoes. And he, when, said, he said, when she suggested it, I said yes. Exactly. Yeah. And and I don't think it was me that first said that she was marrying the farmer. I actually think that was you, Lucy, but I completely concur. And it's hard not to think that she's just trying to get her feet underneath the table, uh, though she is the she's pretty good at reading social situations and a bit of manipulation because she's done she's won over tony hasn't she tony's doubting himself now after saying who is this yeah, woman yeah coming into our farm telling us what to do i mean blah, pat's blah, blah. suspicious but pat's probably suspicious of the postman to be honest she's kind yeah. of <laughs> and, and after what of... happened to uh, helen pat is going to yeah. be suspicious of everybody yeah. and pat yeah. and tony both said didn't they that we both thought rob was nice yeah you know so there are legitimate reasons for them to be a little bit wary but she did a job on our tony so um so uh, I, I disagree that it's lazy writing. I think I think it's great writing, and we could be wrong, but but I but I doubt it um, because there is a little bit of foreshadowing about uh, Tom and Natasha empire building, you know, planning for the future in this week's Archers. So I think all of our instincts are, are proven to be right, but we'll only know properly in the fullness of time. Now, this is one of your favourite callers, Lucy. It is. Yeah, well... Um, oh, I, I thought mean, you meant Kitty. Kitty's one of my favourite callers, but we've well, got another no, one who's one well, of my favourite yeah, callers, we, have we? We have another one. We have another one. Okay. Not only is this person a caller, it's actually um, our child. It's Andy from Denmark. <laughs> Hi, Lucy and Royfield, a.k.a. Mum and Dad. Hey. It's Andy from Denmark. Shaky ass. Now, I do know I say some things that are against the grain mm. um, <laughs> and not quite of popular opinion, and I'm afraid I have another I'm one going here. to do it again. Which is... Yeah. That I like Russ. Um, oh, I think shut he's a brilliant up! Brilliant character. 
he's he's a bit of an idiot, but he's a good personality to have in the show. And I just yes. I just quite enjoy listening. Whenever he's on, I'm captivated. Um, and uh, but then again, I loved Rob, so maybe my moral judgment needs to be questioned. Yes, um, it does. On another point, talking of uncaptivating characters, when I listen to Lee and Helen together, this is pre her breakdown when she heard that song. They are, honestly, they are the most cringeworthy yeah. couple to listen to. <laughs> he, their, their banter, in inverted commas, <laughs> it, it makes me want to curl up into a fetal position and, um, n- and, 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 never, and never change from that. It's awful, absolutely awful to listen to. Just, if I met them in real life, oh, I can't even imagine how I'd react. They're a terrible, <laughs> terrible couple. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's awkward listening to them. Very, very awkward. Anyway, I will call again with some other nonsense and some other contrarian views. Um, but, yeah, keep up the good work. Love <laughs> Danish. <laughs> uh, you know, I think this guy's been rumbled now. He's just trying to. What is the prevailing <laughs> thought? Yes, you know, I'm just going to. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, but you, it's not. He's not being contrarian because, whoops, you said exactly the same thing about Russ last week. You mm. said he's a horrible man, but he's really interesting character. to listen yeah. to. And yeah. you said the same thing about Rob. Yeah, exactly. Until Rob got too uncomfortable, in which case everyone just wanted him to die, really, didn't they? Mm. No, you, you are right. And and actually, our Andy, our little boy from Denmark, um, he, <laughs> he, he did make it clear, though everything else he kind of said would lead you to believe that he liked Russ, but actually he said the right word, the character of Russ. Yeah, it isn't yeah. him actually as as a person. you know. And uh, I, I'm, I must admit, I'm, I'm kind of like bring him on the only thing i'd say about the character of russ is for me he sounds too much like rob considering yeah. that he's obviously yeah. a wrong and as well yeah his, his whole voice his delivery you know it, it's yeah. too it's too rob like he's got that very low and deliberate yeah kind of slightly smooth and smarmy voice as well mm-hmm. yeah yeah but um how many kids we got lucy well, you've got about a hundred anyway. Oh, shut up! And I've got my two, and apparently Andy from Denmark. So yeah. Yes. So how many mm. is that between us? Four, well, a hundred, hundred and three. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> right. Who's next? Next is oh, it's our Claire from Clapham. Hey, Dumpty Dum, Claire from Clapham here. Just wanted Ooh. to say this week, uh, could we all club together and buy with a spoon a tabard with a therapist in a tabard? <laughs> Uh, imprinted on the front. Thank you. <laughs> oh yes, um, there are quite that. Somebody tweeted that, didn't they, and said that needs to be in, yeah, in in the uh, in the shop. Um, I will get it done today because that, that yeah. that's that's a top suggestion. Um, and I loved the way as well that I, mm-hmm. it's a great. It was a great. It was a great line. And I loved the way that I love the way that Susan always refers to it as never in the shop. She calls it. Working in retail. <laughs> she always says retail. <laughs> I am the postmistress and I work in retail. <laughs> now, somebody who is, um, who works, I, I, you know, I just thought that our Dr. Nicola Hedlam 
was um, some big prof in a big university. I didn't know she moonlighted something else as a day job, as well as being like a doctor and having a big brain and doing the academic archers. But she's got a blatant plug. It's an ad, uh, but it's, it's all in a good cause. Hi, Dumpty Dum. It's Dr. Nicola Headlam here from the Academic Archers. Um, I definitely called in before, but I definitely didn't do the thing at the beginning that you tell people off for not doing. So I am <laughs> a Kate Archer. Not just that she was the first ca- uh, character I can remember, but that I was born the day after her. And Ooh. Uh, so she was always having birthday parties when I was little and the first time I really remember hearing her was after fourth birthday so I'm definitely counting myself as a Kate Archer which makes me 41 years old same as Kate. Um, I'm calling because it's a very exciting spring for academic archers and I just wanted to offer your listeners a discounted ticket to our spring academic archers conference which is at the University of Sheffield the first week in April there is a special Dumpty oh. discount um, for Dumpty Dummers, since we think you are the best. Um, and if people go to um, Orant Bright, their Dumpty, Dumpty Dum discount. Sorry, I'm sounding a bit vague about this. We've set up a Dumpty Dum discount <laughs> since there's a big crossover between Dumpty Dum and Academic Archers. The other thing is, is that our book, Gender, Sex and Gossip, Women of the Archers, is out on the 5th of April to coincide with the conference. So... We'll send uh, Royfield and Lucy over a copy. I think you'd really like it, Lucy. Just wanted to say that uh, I started a new job uh, the back end of last year, so I'm working in the civil service. So I haven't really had time to follow the archers, but I still have faithfully followed Dumpty Dum and how much I enjoyed (laughs) the podcast and everything you do. I'll phone them again soon. Next time we need something. (laughs) All the best. (laughs) (laughs) It's Dr. Nicola Headlam. Just correcting myself. Oh, we're off again. Of course, Kate. Was never an archer. She was always an Aldridge, and then later a Madacane. I always think of her as Kate Archer. I don't really know why. Um, the other thing I wanted to say was um, I know there's been lots of chat since Elizabeth uh, decided to seek help for persistent low mood and depression, and just to say that uh, what Lucy Lucy talked about a couple of weeks ago, and wanting to end the stigma around taking antidepressant medication. It really resonated with me because I take a high, quite a high dose of sertraline in order to keep the show on the road. And um, you're right. When you said last week, why has it got to be me that tells you it's okay? It's a very odd thing that mm. some sort of notion of the sort of buck up and, you, you know, get on with things um, is very unhelpful. And if, you know, one in four of us are, are medicated at some point, then as it is really confusing why there is still such a stigma around around receiving the treatment that you need. Anyway, that's enough of that. Um, talk soon. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye, Doc. That is an excellent way of putting it. Mm. I take antidepressants to keep the show on the road. I love that. Absolutely. She, yeah, it's very clear and uh, very forceful what she said. Now, uh, oh, Lucy, I've got to stop saying now. I've noticed on, mm. on Map Corner, I go now, when I wanted to quickly change direction. Yes. Really, really like, you know, points to the fact that I'm, I'm like cutting you off from what you're saying and I'm going to talk about something else. What can I say instead of now? Well, don't say so, because then I'll have to fly to San Francisco, kill you and fly back again. <laughs> and that would, quite frankly, I can't, I can afford it neither monetarily or in time. Hmm. This next caller... Is, a, mm-hmm. is reminds us of 
an older time, a more innocent time, before all of the in-jokes and the little dum-de-dum-isms were properly formed. Do you remember that if you had a connection to, um, a, to John Archer or to a John, you had to number yourself? Yeah. Oh, this is Dan, Dan 106 or whatever he is. Dan, Dan John the 7th. Um. Hello, Royfield Lucy, Dan John the 7th here. Well, Royfield, you've done it again. You've oh, absolutely yes. hit the nail on the head and read my mind. I smash I it every week. Work one morning this week, <laughs> thinking about how grotty our streets were looking after a particularly heavy rain with all sorts of rubbish and tree branches and so on after a particularly heavy rainfall and high winds. Well, your street cleaning schedule in North America may well result in cleaner roads than we've got here in the UK, particularly in these times of local council austerity. But it got me thinking, in the Arches, where are all the public sector employees? Most of the people I know, well, I work in the education sector, but loads of people I know work for uh, local government, national government, and so on. But in the Arches, there doesn't seem to be anybody who does anything other than small business um, and entrepreneurship. So yes. that's something maybe for this the scriptwriters to join in. Now that Russ has lost his job, there aren't even any teachers. Well, thanks a lot for an amazing podcast and speak soon. Mm. He's and, right, you know. Yeah, Kathy used to be the village teacher. Uh, she's gone and, and anyway... Alan's, she... Yeah, Alan's daughter's a midwife, isn't she? Yes. But she's hardly in it. Well, she's not in it. She hasn't been in it for about four years. And Dr. Locke has disappeared. Mm-hmm. Yep, there are no people on the government's uh, shilling at all. Yeah. There are no public servants. No. Gosh. Yep. Mm. Mm. Uh, it was nice to hear from you, Dan John the Seventh. Yes. Uh, right now. Oh, God. <laughs> well, at Sorry. least now you switch to right now rather than just... Right. Mm, or, or like now. now. Yes. <laughs> now, going from uh, Dan John the 7th. Let's have a competition, 7th. listeners. Ring in with what Royfield can say instead of right or now. But you know what it is, though? It's because I'm acutely aware we've got one gazillion calls and the show yes. can't go on forever. So I'm like, right, I'm self-editing. Maybe you should get a bell. Just go ding <laughs> and then just next. Oh, a good cowbell, a good alpine cowbell. Yeah. Yes, like that, like that a lot. Now, where do you know the... what we've now got in our mm. house? Because we, our house is long and thin, so it's got the children are on the third floor, mm-hmm. and we get so fed up of yelling to them when dinner's because ready. Because your house is long and thin, the children are on mm. the third floor. Yeah, that doesn't necessarily follow. No, no, no. Our house is long and thin, so it's got a third floor. Okay. And the children are in that third floor. Okay. And we get fed up with shouting them when we want things and we want them to come down for dinner or dinner. Mm-hmm. So we've bought one of those hooters, you know, like a rubber hooter a ho- a, with a bulb, like a honker <laughs> hooter. <laughs> so we just stand at the bottom of the stairs and do that. And the noise of it is so annoying. It's the only thing that we can do to actually get them out of their rooms and come downstairs. But when they have friends over, their friends go, what the hell was that? <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, maybe you need one of those. A Say, It's the Freeman family klaxon, basically. Yes. Good. <laughs> now, oh, God, I said it again. I've got to stop with the now. This next caller is somewhat of a globe trotter. She's got a super cool hubby. She's absolutely lovely. It's our Vicky Cole. And I believe ah. she's in Sri Lanka. 
Hi, Dumpty Dummers everywhere. It's Vicky Cole here. Sorry I haven't called in for so long. I've been way behind with the archers and with Dumpty Dum, um, and I finally managed to catch up. Although I think I might have joined the ranks of people who listen to the archers to get more out of Dumpty Dum than the other way around. It hasn't been all that inspiring lately, the archers, whereas Dumpty Dum goes from strength to strength. I mean, the last Aww. couple of months have just been brilliant. The monologues have Aww. been completely hilarious. Your discussions have been completely hilarious. You really shouldn't let people listen to it on headphones on public transport because of laughing out loud. Um, this has happened several times lately, thank you. Um, and, of course, Lucy's discussion about depression, I know everybody's been talking about this a lot, and it's just wonderful. Thank you so much, but don't want to make you cry again. So moving briskly on. Um, <laughs> thank you. Hopefully the business with uh, the, the dinner party and the music and Helen running out will really convince her that she needs to do something now counselling yeah maybe elizabeth could introduce her to her lady jamila um and i wonder how natasha will deal with the idea of homeopathy as a treatment this may explain quite a lot about bridge farm i think anyway lots of love to everybody talk soon bye 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 our vicky hmm i'm following you on this you say something. Um, well, I think that we've just got to wait and, and, and see clapping our little hands with glee, haven't we? Waiting to see how things unfold with Natasha because she's not the type that keeps her opinions to herself, um, as we've seen. And although she's all kind of, you are my new mummy and daddy. I don't know whether that will, you know, whether how that will sort of um, shift as as she runs into things she doesn't agree with, which could well be the the homeopathy. Um, uh, but yeah, it's just it's just sort of lovely that we've got that to look forward to. <laughs> as a view of the plotting of the Tom and Natasha wedding, not having a Hannah as being weird, considering that we know, at least we suspect, how she feels. At the start yeah. of that relationship, Tom and Natasha, I mean, Hannah was somewhat miffed, wasn't she? She 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 just about made a play back for, for Tom, but Tom didn't realise. She was making herself available. Yeah. And yeah. the script editor has missed a beat here that we could have had more tension uh, to do, well, not more tension, some tension to do with Hannah because, you know, Natasha has moved in. Yeah. And she's into Tom. Yeah. You know, that's we've 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 talked about the fact that not much has happened in the last few weeks, and and then I normally say, but I like it when nothing happens. I like mm. the character development. We haven't had a very key character play her role. They set it up to say that Hannah is this uh, modern woman who can have friends with benefits. She can even have a flatmate with benefits. And she consciously pushed Tom away when she first came to the village. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Tom, um, not being able to see further than the nose on the end of his face, thought this is just what it is. He falls yeah. for somebody else. And as he's falling for somebody else, Hannah realizes she actually emotionally has a connection with Tom. Yeah. I did actually feel, uh, for the first time, a great deal of sympathy for Hannah, actually. Mm -hmm. um, she's one of the few characters in Ambridge that could say, 
self, I've just self-sabotaged and understand, and you sort of use it, you know, use it properly or, or just even think in that sort of way. Not many of them can because they don't have that level of insight. Um, and I think speaking, speaking as a woman, I think that, well, maybe possibly, you know, I'm sure it, maybe this resonates with men too, but I, I think we can all sympathize with that. Let me pretend to be all kind of hard and tough and blah, 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 and nothing really gets to me. And, you know, of course I can handle this and actually you can't. Um, and, uh, you know, I've seen a lot of, 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 of women, especially sort of playing that game in an effort to, to, to get what to get what they wanted to get the relationship or to get the bloke and then think hopefully I'll be able to shift it on later on and then because the bloke just takes it absolutely at face value yep that's what she said she said she didn't mm. want a relationship everything's completely fine good I will proceed like that then you know and and he did the right thing he checked are you sure that's what you mean are you sure I've got this right and she said yep absolutely but it wasn't and uh you know it's um uh, yeah, it, I, I did feel genuinely sorry for her. Mm. I really did. And, and I think she did the only thing she could do, which was stay away. Um, people on Twitter all week have been remarking about uh, Johnny saying that he is the most emotionally mature yeah. character yeah. on the whole thing. Yeah. And I and it's just occurred to me, you talking about Hannah and the fact that she has some level of self-reflection, that is Johnny basically the new Ian? Ian... 15 years ago was Johnny. He was the right the writer's conscience. He he got mm. Helen completely. He understood he was there to deconstruct the way that you felt mm. and why yeah. you felt it. And now that's Johnny, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Cuz Ian's yeah. rubbish now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tell you what, he is a poo bag. We've gone right off him. He yeah. is. He is. He is. <laughs> now he's someone who is not rubbish. It's our New York Nigel, our vicar from the Lower East West Side. Hello there, everyone. It's Nigel here. Lucy, Hello. I just got to hear the lovely episode, and like so many people, I was really moved by what you said. Thanks so much for being so generous and open with us. Ooh, now, gosh. I have to say that I prefer presiding at funerals and baptisms to doing weddings, even though I just got <laughs> back from presiding at the very nice wedding in sunny Florida. I've done a lot of them in my time. I've seen it all, little rose corner for saying sorry without words, unity candles, what? the releasing of a variety what? of things from balloons through doves to butterflies, which all turned out to be individually wrapped in delicate paper and placed in a chill box so nothing happened until what? they were all ripped open and woken up in birmingham i even had Good to deal with a monkey God. for a bridesmaid and <laughs> needless to say no one was looking at the bride as she sailed down the aisle and i couldn't be more pleased for alan that he didn't have to preside at that dismal little affair and those do-it-yourself vows are only as convincing yeah. and moving as the people who actually write them and those vows, I thought they were perfect for a relationship that, that could be described as business partners with benefits. Yes. <laughs> it all sounded a bit stalky to me. I will always yes. be by your side. I will be your closest companion. And Tom even got his cell phone to feature in the vows. Even though I really like Natasha's voice, I think that if Tom and Natasha don't cock it all up, you can be sure that someone else at Bodge Farm <laughs> will cock it up for them. <laughs> 
bye for now from upper lower <laughs> midtown central manhattan <laughs> see nigel is my spirit animal he's just said exactly what i said even in the monologue i put in about the blooming having a mobile phone in the vows mm. yeah yeah no it's a what did he call it a dismal little affair that's exactly what it was it was a dismal little cobbled together wedding that sounds somewhat brutal don't care. And he said he's a vicar. He can say anything. And the fact that everyone had to rush off home to go and do milking. <laughs> I know that's what, that's kind of what rural weddings are like, but you know, it kind of, it didn't, it wasn't exactly, you know, back an alien orgy, was it? Anyway, never mind. <laughs> the, the re- I'm missing a word out of my Archer's English lexicon to describe Tom. But it's but whatever that word is, it's beige and it was mirrored by that wedding. Yeah. You know, that there's just something about that man. Lackluster. Yeah. Well, yeah. But lackluster and then times that by three with a proper Latin root, you know, word. Because a lackluster's well, all whatever Anglo-Saxon. the opposite mm. whatever the polar dead opposite of glamour is. Is the, is what Tom is, and the, it probably is just beige, really. And the thing is, ten plus years ago, Tom was Tom thought he was young and thrusting and and, and somewhat mm. glamorous with his ready meals, didn't he? That was what Tom mm. was: sausage, <laughs> sausage, glamorous with the ready and meal. ready meals, <laughs> and doing his new logo. And what do you think is his logo, yeah. Dad, and whatever? And you know, yeah. he was the man. But the about sad town. thing is, mm. he hasn't. Moved on. He still think of himself like that. He's still he's still waiting for his big break. He's waiting for his life to start, and he's nearly forty. True that. True that. That is depressing. Mm-hmm. Right next. Quilted bunny. Well, I've stopped you. I've stopped thank you, you saying right. Thank so you, I'll Lucy. Just shout next. Quilted bunny now. Evening, uh, quilted bunny here with. Uh, yeah, a plot prediction and a little point. Um, how about this? It's obvious that Timothy is up to no good. Yeah. And it's equally obvious that the Gills are not really our sort of people. So <laughs> how about if they're connected? How about if Mr. Gill has laundered a million or more by buying the uh, Rural Operations Centre formerly known as Home Farmhouse, where the local law enforcement is famously incompetent. And Timothy is his henchman. What's it all about? Drugs? People trafficking? Or maybe a silage ring? We bait our breath. (laughs) And the little point is, um, I've made this point before, Lizzie and... uh, Lower Locksley do not have wads of cash. It's a business. No. If owning a, uh, air quotes, stately home was a guarantee of wealth, then the National Trust wouldn't have any stock. Please, mm. you know, they don't have wads of cash. They've got to make the business work. Okay, keep up the good work. Talking to you soon. Uh, you, you are correct about the lack of and it's everything's relative but the relative lack of liquidity um that elizabeth would have and lower loxley but 
you know, therein lies really uh, my issue with it. Number one, it's relative. Number two, it's a lack of li- liquidity. Elizabeth has at her disposal actually a few million quid if she decides to uh, to sell bits and pieces and things uh, in and around Lower Loxley. The vast majority of people don't have that option. Does she have it in a in a uh, current account? No, I was going to say checking account. I'm getting so Americanized. But she wouldn't. But she'd only be able to sell Lower Loxley as a business. Nobody's going to want a pile like that. No, those houses don't sell anymore. Um, she could only sell it as a business, and as a business, it's failing. But you know what, though, Luce, and and this is where my uh, radical left of centre working class roots come into play. I would like to have that as a problem. You have know, you've been talking to Timothy as well. <laughs> <laughs> the vast majority of us would like to have the problem that we're oh, yeah. in a house which probably has about ten bedrooms. And yeah, I don't think he's saying that. That's that. That's not that. That you know. That's that it's it's good or bad that 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 you know that that isn't a problem what he's saying is we've got to stop saying or everyone's got to stop thinking that Lizzie is loaded because no, she isn't she doesn't well she didn't have the amount of cash that Brian Aldridge had before things no. went tits up with him granted right though she's probably more asset rich or at least as asset rich so yeah. i still have not that much sympathy for her in in that regard. I'm I'm sorry that she can actually, if needs be, get her hands on cash. So moving swiftly on, quilted bunny. But thank you for the call. And uh, we have a philosophical, economical uh, dif- difference of, of of opinion and view because I is only marginally uh, to the right side of uh, Trotsky. So there you go. Now, uh, Suli, <laughs> she's next. Hello. Hello, you two. I'm Suli. I'm Queen Otart on the Twattery. I'm Sue Scott <laughs> on Facebook. There's still reasons for all of it. And I'm a first-time caller in Aurora. Uh, I was listening to the Archers when I was in my mother's womb. And for the whole Ooh. way through my childhood, we used to listen every Sunday morning together. So I think originally I'm a Roger Travers Macy. But then I stopped being a teenager and I came back in, in about 1983. So that makes me a Tom Archer. Anyway, what I want to say is to Tony Archer, homeopathy, my arse. It's just utter quackery. And you might as well get Kate over to ping some chanting bells and rub the cow's chakras. If Alistair's prescribing it, then in my book, he should be struck off. I love yeah. Dumpty Dum and you too. You keep me going on long car journeys every week. So carry on doing it. You make us all very happy. Right, you are then. Is <laughs> <laughs> a is another character who has been criminally underserved by. So we haven't had any Hannah, you know, yeah. on the build up to the wedding. And I know it's literally like a one and a half weeks build up, but we haven't had any. Where's Kate? Yeah, well, there was this big fanfare of her coming back, exactly. and then she was back for one episode and cleared off again. Makes but no sense. But then with Kate, but with Kate, Kate is one of those characters though that she almost works better in hearsay. Hearing what Kate has done is almost as entertaining as hearing her do it. So being told that she's made some disgusting spinach and kale smoothie, spattered it all across the kitchen, and then left is kind of 
you don't need to you don't need to hear her doing that. You can imagine it. And um, you know, and Alice's little comment, the thing about um, when at that awful dinner party when um, uh, Brian said, "Oh, it's nice to have some of your some of your children's you know, the love for them increases depending on the distance that they're away and everything." And um, uh, and she said she's very committed to that. They said she's very committed to her business, and um, Alice said, "Yes, yeah, she's very committed to her business or something." So there's kind of like there's you pick up what the feeling is and what Kate's doing and what Kate's attitudes are through other people and when it's well written you almost don't need to have her there at all mm. i think anyway I, I like hearing about what she's been doing but we've got Kate. because 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 what she does is so out of uh out of the experience of the rest of ambridge that they describe it in this kind of mystified, what the fuck is she doing that? You know, all her chakras and her yoga and her meditation and all that sort of thing. Hello, you play music. Have you got bored? Yeah, it's my American phone. Just decided to uh, ah. to receive a call. Silly thing. Ah. Mm. Well, I just think you've got two of the best comedic characters supposedly living together and we've had no comedy. Yeah. Yeah. We've just got We've, Justin, who really, really ought to clear his throat. Yes. Well, <laughs> me too. So I'm, I'm not going to knock him about that. Uh, but <laughs> it, it's just a missed opportunity. You know, th- this is mm. the Archers, yeah. not a slapstick comedy. But when but- she said she was moving in, you know, I envisaged lots of love, you know, which is, oh, we can have, we can have pajama parties and wine and everything. And I was thinking, oh, good, that'll be fun. And we've had none of it. Exactly. We've had no pyjama parties, no boozy chats late at night with a favourite auntie, you know, putting the world to rights, talking about men, etc. Nothing at all. It's And considering that you said and various listeners have said, nothing much has happened in the last few weeks. Bearing in mind, we've had a shotgun wedding. Well, shotgun is the wrong wrong word but you know what i mean we've had a really quick we've had a wedding out of nowhere things have happened but we've had space we've had time to develop um the character of kate and they've seen not to give us more kate so i i, I just think that is, is odd considering as you said great big fanfare brian and jennifer picked her up from the airport yeah. brought her back brian said yeah. you're not living with yeah. us jennifer agreed that that was pretty significant <laughs> stuff you know, yeah. mum's saying you got to fend for yourself. Yeah. You are yeah. one of the key reasons why we're in res- reduced circumstances. Family's fucked and you're like here, you're, you're swanning around and saying nothing's happened and kicking poor Rory out of his bed. Mush, yeah. fend for yourself. And she's in a yurt, right? Then Auntie Lillian. <laughs> she was in a yurt for 10 minutes. She was. Then we, for yeah. a second we thought maybe she's going to um, get into Roy's uh, boxers. You know, rekindle yeah. that again. Oh, that was brilliant. And whatever, you know, you could put that little thought in our minds. She ends up with Auntie Lydia and we're like, that's even better. <laughs> and all we've had is a shit wedding in instead. Yeah. Poor, yeah. poor plotting. Poor plotting. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's the last of our caller in us. Bonjour, c'est Jacqueline Berthaud from Sanguen. Hello. Um, 
I've been on cat in catch up mode for the last uh, few days, and in episode two hundred and sixty five, um, night uh, Roy Lucian Royfield talked about New York Nigel having empathy with Alan and Paul Rune, um, being a doctor and talking about medical things. Well, I've got no such skills. But there's something that we never hear of happening in Ambridge, which is something that I do a lot of, which is crafting. And I have friends who have very important hobbies or crafts in their, uh, do a lot of crafting in their lives. And some of them even turn them into successful businesses. But there's never anybody, nobody ever does anything in Ambridge. You get hit people baking, but that's for eating. Um, you get mm. people gardening. Well, I love gardening too, but it's not the same thing. But nobody ever seems to get out a sewing machine apart from Fallon for making costumes for um, a show. What about fixing things, mending mending clothes, putting a new zip in something, taking up some new trousers? Nobody ever does that in Ambridge. The other thing they do is, why don't no, they don't do, is why don't they walk their dogs? I like Lucy. I walk my dog dogs every day for at least an hour sometimes an hour and a half and sometimes again in the afternoons those poor mutts uh, in uh, Ambridge never seem to get taken out for walks about the odd time you hear Luce, um, Justin and uh, Lillian strolling with uh, uh, the little dog but not nobody else does other people must have dogs where are they all we've got dumpty dogs they should have Ambridge dogs Anyway, just my thoughts on uh, what's missing in Ambridge. Uh, keep up the good work. Thanks for everything. Bye. Bye. Linda does work her dog. Linda yeah. does. And also with the crochet, there was something because Lillian and Linda were both trying to crochet things for um, the new, the, oh, I was going to say Mardi. What the hell is he called? Um, the baby. Oh, yes. Not Monty, the and then there was all that fuss because Linda gave it, uh, Lillian gave it to someone else to do, didn't she? Because mm-hmm. she was she couldn't do it. Um, so yeah, there is a little bit of it. Um, I agree, not much. And people have said before how odd it is that there are so few dogs in a village, um, which it is normally jam packed full of them. Mm. True that, um, Lucy. You got any emails? Uh, yes. Who have we got? We have uh, a one about sweet streeping. No, street sweeping. <laughs> I've become. Um, do you know what? I have to. I shouldn't say this because I. My um my uh cleaner mm-hmm. uh has. She has. She knows. She knows it, and we've talked about it. So I'm, and, and she knows when she's when she's said things wrong. But and she said she doesn't care. Mm-hmm. Um, that she that she's, but she speaks back to front sometimes, and she would quite often use entirely the wrong word for something. But so she's like she me. She just then. makes me cry with laughing. No, in a different way. She said that she we were talking about farrow and ball paint colours, mm-hmm. and she said, "I don't know why anyone bothers having farrow and ball because Durex is just as good." <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, I don't know how I got to that from this. Oh, me saying street sweeping. I mean, sweet streeping. Um, this is from Jess, who says uh, she first started listening to the Archers 10 years ago. I wanted to email about the exciting subject of street cleaning. I have lived in one city in the US, regular street sweeping. I've lived in the States my entire life. In Frederick, MD. Where's MD? Maryland. Okay. The trash collection was from the street. Refuse bags were piled on the sidewalk. The truck would drive down the street and the collectors would pitch the bags into the truck. 
Cars had to be moved to allow for access to the sidewalk. The stormwater drains were quite narrow and are built into the curb so the street sweeper collects leaves and loose trash so that the roads don't flood. Other cities may do it differently. Here in um, Columbus, Ohio suburb, our streets are never cleaned or seemingly ploughed when it snows. Jess. I think this must be to do with the drains. That's the only thing that I that I can think. And I'm going yeah. to... Well, that sounded quite likely when... Yeah, because yeah. every British street has uh, has drains. And it's not necessarily the case over here, I think. But hmm. I'm going to speak to my friend, Ben, uh, who's uh, an urban town planner type person, just to get the definitive uh, last call on this. But but thank you. Um, so, hmm. Go on, Lucy. Yes. Uh, Welsh Witch has also emailed and said, why was Justin describing the layout to Emma and Ed? Are we meant to believe that they've bought a house not knowing what the layout is? There would have been a site plan for Pete's sake, not to mention a floor plan. Two, it's often been said how Emma is so Susan's daughter, but I thought she was so diplomatic when talking about Helen with Lee. Yes, she was. I thought she'd have said it. She could have so easily blurted out what Helen went through, but realised it wasn't her story to tell. Uh, three, sorry, scriptwriters, but for Natasha to do a Megan in the Archers was a little lazy. I was surprised by Pat's reaction to Natasha taking the Archer name, or am I old-fashioned? Anyway, a little plot prediction. I think there's a lot of signposting that Tim is going to get Ed mixed up in some sort of trouble under the guise of some money-making scheme. Emma and Will seem to be getting on really well at the moment, and I'm wondering if Emma will lean on Will for support when the house, as surely will, falls through because of Ed's actions. I also think Rory and Mia will become closer. Mm. We didn't talk about Emma playing a blinder last week, being very sensitive, and she she's not quite her mother's daughter, is she? No. And and that there's no way Susan would have said, "Well, I thought he needed to know," and she would have yeah. told him absolutely, wouldn't she? But no, Emma was. She just said, "You need to talk to her." And that was, yeah, it was really no, good. No, it, it was absolutely, absolutely brilliant. And uh, we haven't remarked about that whole, the whole Lee kind of conundrum. He's like, what the hell is going on here and stuff. And he does yeah. seem like a genuinely nice guy. And I think that is the way that he's been, being played, that he's somebody without a side. Um, he has mm. no other agenda. Uh, he's not looking at Helen and saying, this is my social better. Um, this is a great way of me getting my mitts on a farm or anything like that. He genuinely likes her for her. And and it's be, and that's partly one of the reasons what, why she's so confused. Number one, he's just her first romantic interest after Rob. So she's going to have uh, pangs of anxiety and whatever. But then also, he, uh, and she said, or at least Pat said, he's, he's not quite her normal type. You know, he's just a regular bloke that wears white trainers and stuff. So yeah. there's all of that going on as well. But um, we didn't re remark on it. So thank you for reminding us. Um, any more electronic emails, Lucy? Uh, huh. No, but as I do have... As opposed to a, a paper a, email. That's a, do, would you like that's a, a ridiculous. Daily Mirror headline? Well, no, what I want to hear about is the dum de dum weekend in Toronto. That's what I'm pushing oh, you okay. towards. All right. Oh, sorry. Okay. Am I supposed to be reading uh, something? Yeah just, yeah, just say that give us give us the date and give us some times and uh Oh that email you mean. Yeah, the email I sent you, which okay. has got the dates on about the Toronto meetup, Lucy. <laughs> that one. Oh, I'm sorry. Good heavens, woman. <laughs> it's um <clears throat> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It is um Saturday, April the thirteenth. 
Dumpty Dum does Toronto in the Kensington Market. That sounds very posh. Neighborhood, 4 p.m. pre-drinks, dinner at 5.30 at Trinity Common, 8 p.m. after dinner gathering at cold tea, with a possible (laughs) walking interlude between. Cold tea. Um, So Kensington Market is um, a diverse and vibrant neighborhood. It's lovely. That means it's litter everywhere in London terms. Um, (laughs) uh, Trinity Common is um, craft beer and cocktail. That sounds more like it. And cold tea is a funky hideaway that serves drinks and dumplings. Mm. So, yes, you need to book, I think. How do they book, Royfield? So if you want to come along, I think Christina, who is the the, the, the driving force behind this, and Mary, not contrary, uh, you, you basically, they'd like to hear from you. And Christina can be called on 206-595-1232. Or you can email her on Christina Dracos. So that's Christina, then it's D R A K O S at gmail.com. So that's Christina Dracos at gmail.com. We want to see you there. I'm going to be there with bells on. Is that it? That's it. All right. Now, oh, I said it again. Now, oh God, even when you just think about like, changing the subject, <laughs> it's so natural just to say now, but I say way too much. So after a notice for a dum dum meetup in southern Ontario. It's time where we go on to our social media roundup. Now, at this point, said it again, at this point, I normally say something like, if you're in the UK, you'll hear an ad and blah, 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 blah. You know the drill. However, we did receive an email from a listener saying that they heard an ad uh, and they didn't think it was particularly um, within within keeping. Yeah, that's the word I was searching for. Um, how the ads work, they're put in by the agency and they are somewhat dynamic. Now, I don't want to be uh, promoting gambling per se. So what I will do is I will speak to ACAST, who's the agency that in, dynamically insert the ads and say, oi, we don't want any of that and stuff. So thank you for the email. Um, you know, we do take these things seriously. We do want to keep every, everybody happy. Uh, obviously, we do take ads to try and help to pay for servers and keep and keep the whole show on the road, so to speak. So we do need to take ads. Um, but we do want ads which um, any ethically we can all kind of get behind. So I will have a word with ACAR. So thank you for your email. Uh, your concern was duly noted. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Now it's time for Yokel Bear. Hello, Dumpty Dum. It's Yokel Bear here calling with the social media roundup for the week. And inevitably, a lot of this social media roundup is going to be about the wedding of the um, week, I guess. Um, it's hardly the <laughs> wedding of the century, was it? Well, we started the week because, of course, we, you know, was this wedding actually going to happen? So we started with a poll this week and we asked you, do you think, yes, by the end of the week they'll be married? Or, nope, it ain't happening. And 53% of you um, thought that, yes, they'd be married. And by the end of the week, we found out that was true. Though I was in the 47%, and actually, I was really surprised it happened. But before we get on to the wedding, I just want to mention a post that was um, made by our listener, Melissa Williams, who said, well, that's John Archer's death officially erased. How could you, scriptwriters? I find it hard to believe that the whole family gathered, Johnny especially, and there was no mention of raising glass in, mem- uh, in memory of. Um, she also goes on to say this was a, a milestone in her life. She said, I will never forget getting home from work. To a phone message from a friend in the UK shouting, John Archer is dead. Yeah, it was a bit odd, wasn't it, that it wasn't mentioned. But Tom Williams um, had a theory. He said, they've replaced him with Johnny. It's like when your kid's fish dies. Which is a little cynical, (laughs) but probably true. We also had a brief mention of where do we think Kate is going to end up living? Because I have like zero sympathy. In fact, my sympathy is in the negative round now. We've gone below zero. I'm somewhere about minus 45 on the sympathy scale for her at the moment. Um, you know, and even our Witherspoon agreed, said, I have never had any sympathy for her. Caroline Pierce said she'll end up renting a room at Grange Farm with the Grundies, feeding Joe fermented tofu. Well, if that doesn't finish Joe off, I don't know what will. <laughs> Inga Blackford Mewburn said, wherever it is, it'll have to be close to a reliable source of kale. <laughs> <laughs> that did make me laugh. I also posted something saying I was a little bit worried for Johnny since we keep getting reminded about how difficult those French cows are. Uh, Is this an accident waiting to happen? Well, people weren't happy with this. Manda Q said, I love him, and if they hurt him, I will riot. So you hear that, scriptwriters, you can cause a riot with this. Um, And Megan Eliza Scott actually said, um, no one hurt my Johnny, please. He's such a lovely guy. He is, isn't he? He's like Mm. possibly the only guy in Amsterdam bridge with any emotional intelligence but Catherine Shorrock actually came up with an interesting point has anyone noticed that everyone on the archers refers to their stock by their breeds for example feeding the texels moving the montbelliards no one does that in real life people would just say feeding the sheep moving the cows mm. and she said that next time she might take up breed bingo when she's listening yeah maybe <laughs> we should do that dumpty dum cow breed disco disco um yeah, God. Bingo. Not disco. I'd do a cow disco. It'd be bloody brilliant, wouldn't it? 
But of course, let's not forget that the wedding was not the only huge social event of the year. The dinner party at Susan's. Uh, we had drunk Neil, sober Alice, and Susan's mackerel and cucumber puree didn't sound very appetising, didn't it? Yeah. You know, yeah. I secretly wished for more, though. I was hoping for a big row, uh, but we didn't get it. But Chris Walsh said, actually, um, Chris Walsh was glad that it was totally unlike the Aldridge's expected. Well done, Susan. Ruth Tesla says Susan is a born again by hyacinth bouquet with her candlelit supper parties. <laughs> and Melissa Williams again asked a really interesting question. Um, what I'm dying to know is what the heck is horseradish dust? Um, the only Snow. thing I can come up with, Melissa, is dust off horseradishes, maybe? <laughs> I don't know. Must be a new thing. Now, the other thing was, was at that um, dinner party, Alice came under quite a bit of fire, didn't she? About not having children. And uh, this was ha- this happened on International Women's Day. And our Millie Bell came into the forum and had her say on this and said, um, when she heard this asking, um, Jennifer asking Alice when she was going to have children, it made Millie Bell really cross. And I tell you what, you don't want to cross Millie Bell. Mm-hmm. Um, is that still a thing that family think they have any influence at all over women's bodies? Seriously. Um, and a few people agreed. Um, Pip Duval said, I'm 39 and a little over 12 months ago, my mum started hinting about becoming a grandmother. In the end, I had to tearfully tell Lord. her we were trying and to please shut up. She does now have an 11-year-old granddaughter um, and many other grandchildren for my siblings too. So, yes, it is still a thing, but no, it shouldn't be a thing. And I absolutely agree, no. it shouldn't be a thing. Sean Brown said, it's ridiculous. We have small four, four small ones and an estate agent, uh, estate agent asked us if we were going to make it five. Bloody cheeky estate agent, eh? Yeah. And Diane Telford said, yes, got it from both sides. I directed any questions to my husband. Nice delegation there, Diane. And before we get on to Tom and Natasha's wedding, I'll also point out that Witherspoon did a Saturday post about um, the best wedding that you've ever attended and was it yours? And there's some absolutely lovely stories there. So head over to our Facebook page, um, search for it at Dumpty Dum. And uh, there's a lovely post there about the loveliest weddings people have had. You know, I'm still single though. No wedding for me. Pity poor yokel bear. Anyway, I'm only joking there. Um, I'd only get married if I needed a toaster, I think. Mm. Anyway, (laughs) the wedding of the week. Could you bear your excitement? It was a bit dull, wasn't it? Mandy Millen said, in the absence of any drama, it was about as gripping as any wedding announced less than a month in advance possibly could be. Um, Janice Betson said, I tried not to listen to the vows whilst keeping my ears pricked in case something interesting happened. It didn't. Some people liked it, though. <laughs> Sue Clayton said, just quite simply, I quite liked it. Um, yeah, I guess, you know, whatever. It was just, it just was what it was, wasn't it? Stephen Bowden, however, said, I can't help but thinking there is some underlying psychological reason for Natasha's desire to be married so quickly and take the Archer name that goes beyond simply true love because Tom was open about having shagged Hannah. 
I'll give it about a month before the tentacles start to emerge. Well, let's see what happens this week. Anyway, that's the social media roundup for the week. That's my ramblings over with. Next week, you have Millie Bell, and you all have a good week. Bye. Bye-bye, mate. Bye. Hmm. Uh, mirror headlines, tweets of the week. Mirror headline, man running race dressed as Big Ben has nightmare with wind. <laughs> I promise you I don't make these up. Promise, promise, promise. Anyway, <laughs> whichever sort of wind they mean, either way, it's a nightmare if you're dressed as Big Ben, I suppose. The, our, um, our kind of uh, comedy headlines is something which yeah. is you, well, they don't do that over here. They don't have no. our wit, uh, you know, brevity, you know, side eyes glance at the storyline in terms of headlines here. They're very prosaic here. They're very mm. prosaic. There's none of this gotcha and it's the somewhat one in, in American yeah. newspapers. Just saying, you know, <laughs> America when it comes to headlines. Anyway, tweets <laughs> of the week, Lucy. Let's have them. Hey, no, hang on, hang on, hang on. I know, I know you're in a rush, but, 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 I looked up. Mm-hmm. Sue's because I wanted to know what the hell horseradish snow mm-hmm. was, and I found the recipe that the scriptwriters used to make Susan's thing. Okay, because it is mackerel horseradish snow and cucumber puree, which is exactly what Susan cooked. And it's um, she said, "Oh, it was made by that chef on the TV," and um, he di- he is on the TV. I can't remember where the hell it's on a, web- a website called greatbritishchefs.com. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's a- he won some competition with it, I think. Um, so horseradish snow is horseradish, cornflour, milk, and buttermilk, lemon juice, and salt. And you whisk it, season it, and then you freeze it, and then you break it up in a food processor to make a sort of a, a white snow, which looks quite pretty. Picture's very pretty, um, with the mackerel and the um. And the puree and everything it does look quite nice. Mm. Yes. Only on the picture they've gone and covered it with bloody flowers that you're supposed to eat. And I would never risk eating a flower because I'd be the only person that would choke on a pansy or something. <laughs> anyway. Um, Are you a confident cook? I am actually, yeah. Yeah. I have certain things that I do and I cook without, I'm confident enough to cook without slavishly following a recipe. Mm. Why? Oh. Because it's something which we've just never, never talked about. I know that like you have uh, people around like for dinner and stuff and you, you, and you like to go out, but I, I just didn't actually know if you were a confident cook. I know, I know many people, you know, most people can cook and some people think they're better than actually really what they are. But, you know, it's, uh, I just didn't know that about you. I think you. I am a cook, like an old fashioned cook cook in that I make, you know, really good roasts and I make steamed treacle puddings and crumbles and lemon tart and bread and butter pudding and sort of old fashioned things. Mm. I have never made anything with a jus or a coolie <laughs> in my life. Um, so I'm a 1950s cook. Yes. Awesome. Flowery elbows. Yeah. Right. Do you want um, tweets of the week? Mm, I think I do. Um, Eleanor said cows obviously hate tony otto must have been a bodged hit job (laughs) (laughs) an enthusiastic dog walking woman cannot believe that jolene a seasoned performer would give a flying fuck what the audience thought i imagine her usually performing in a cage in the manner of the blues brothers (laughs) Mm -hmm. um lucy toblerone therapist in a tabard classic smith's (laughs) b-side 
Um, Alison, ah, uh, the obligatory wedding reception abattoir discussion. And tweet of the week is Laika, who said, Tony, stop being such a Montbellian. <laughs> <laughs> That was lovely. The the, the Gallic shrug of, of those cows. Yeah, yeah that was a, a little <laughs> line of genius. Well done again, Mr. Kerry Davis. Uh, so, <laughs> folks, that's just about us done. Um, just before I completely sign off and uh, just run through the obligatory end of the show, and I know I did tweet this, and um, it had a whole load of likes and a few retweets. I've got to thank everybody for this. Obviously. Um, Luce and I love doing this show and it occurred to me yesterday it occurred to me last week sorry after editing it you know I started it with the Dambusters theme and then I ended it with uh, the Prodigy Firestarter and I and I did kind of laugh to myself and say only on a podcast about the archers can you have <laughs> these two totems of of Englishness and it's just bloody cuddly and lovely. I love doing this so much. And and I love that we have the space and the time to talk about things which, away from the arches, which we care about, which we're worried about. And we can talk about them, you know, with, with our friends. And, and it's just mm. utterly, utterly lovely. And this thing just gives me so much joy, Lucy. It really does. Yeah. Uh, yeah, me too. And as I said, yeah, you know, it's just like last week, just to connect up with what you've been talking about, Lucy, with your with, with your uh, issues to do to do with depression and the fact that you know you've had this illness for some time, and then we get this um, pop star, which is hardly in in the top rung of, of pop stars, but he did an iconic piece of music, and and, and everything just connects up. You know, and we, we can talk about it. We can and celebrate someone's life, and and it's all because of this uh, bonkers rural soap, you know. And and it's just lovely. So I just thank you, everybody, for making my little dream, my little passion of loving the archers into something which, uh, you know, I can kind of kind of can share with you and, and share with the world. Right, dumdydum dot com. It's got a shop. Oh, hang on, I've got to think. Can on, I say a thing? Sorry. Um, people were saying, do they think that, um, do we think that um, the fact that Jolene is talking about trolls and haters and things like that, is that was that the script writers getting at us, the listeners, for taking Abs- the piss out absolutely of it was. the arts on the tweet along? And Kerry said, no, it wasn't. Kerry said, mm. because you lot are nice on Twitter and Dumpty Dum, he said, in other parts of the internet, they are not so nice. Well, but it, but it was to do with archers, fandom and the toxicity toxicity of it it was uh, yeah it's mm. not that it was uh but there are some people that it wouldn't matter what they were writing about they could t- you know if you can if you can if you can get nasty and picky and pathetic about the archers you could do it about anything mm. so there are some people that just do it regardless of you know well, well I, what what a lot of people struggle well, there's a couple of issues because of the very intimacy of this being radio and invariably it's a solitary listen. 
You know, you don't, the family doesn't gather around the radio to listen to anything anymore. They stopped doing that in the 1960s. So you listen to it in your car whilst you're, you know, you're uh, driving to work or you listen to it on the treadmill or whilst you're cooking, you know, with your earbuds in or, or something or another. Mm-hmm. So it, it's incredibly personal to everybody that listens. And, and, and because there isn't the wider media as well, it reinforces that. So if something big, ha- and take the Helen and Rob thing out of it, because that, that's a, uh, an aberration. But if something relatively big happens on the Archers, it doesn't make other bits of media. It's not like EastEnders no. and whatever. So there is no real water cooler moment. The water cooler moments with this are online. So yeah. it's personal to you because it's radio. All the characters look exactly how you want them to look. You know, yes. you invest <laughs> so much energy yeah. into this creatively yeah. that it's fl- yours. Sort of fleshing it out Exactly, yourself. it's yeah. yours. Yeah. So when you get yeah. some kind of bonkers storyline, people take such a visceral dislike to mm. it. At least some people do. Like, mm. that's not the way I, I lead my life and whatever. But... I understand that some people are just so lost in it and that Linda Snell looks a certain way and it's their Linda Snell and how dare somebody do X and Y and Z. And mm. and then there is, you know, put that together with the fact that what online does do is lower some people's, not everybody's, inhibitions of civility. Yeah, yeah. Because there's no social... Uh, recourse and somebody had to explain this to me to do to do with online dating which 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 I used to do uh, about the fact that um, people are can be incredibly rude you know men send dick pics uh, people ghost they don't turn up for dates etc etc and they said it's because it's online there is the, the social network isn't there and it says back in the good old days you would go to a party, you'd see a nice looking bloke, a nice looking woman, and uh, you, you would chat to them and maybe decide to go out on a date. If you then behave badly on the run up to that date, you had friends in common. The person who had the party would turn, you know, would say, Oi, Samantha or Robert have basically said that you're behaving badly. What are you doing that for? Mm. Those bonds have kind of gone. Seeing that people being utter idiots about a soap because there is nothing that connects us physically. It's not part of our real world. It's another part of our of our brains, our existence. Uh, you know, and and then when people get called out on it, for the most part, they apologise and say, I, "I've gone over the top." But I've never understood why people really behave in this way. You know, and and, and you just got to say to yourself. There must be many things lacking in their life that people can be vitriolic and nasty about fundamentally uh, a radio soap, you know, a docu soap. Mm. You know, it's one thing if you want to like get angry about Brexit, and even then, I'll, I'll, I yeah. will temper myself, yeah. right, because I have very strong feelings yeah. about it and stuff. But I don't know. There's a general lack of empathy, but it's to do with being online been separated from other people but also because this this thing is is our own it's our own in a way that any other types of creativity kind of aren't well or, or maybe no re, re, reading a good book that becomes your own as well because you paint the picture so that works in the same yeah. way but like a movie 
Captain Marvel or Black Panther or James Bond is out in the ether, you know, and, and, and everybody owns that, you know, but I don't know. Anyway, dumdydum.com, go there, Scott Shop, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think I'm going to switch off the forum, folks, unless um, it lurches back into life this week. You've got seven days, seven days. Because I know people go, I can see the traffic and people go on to uh, com, And it actually surprises me, Lucy, how many people actually listen to the podcast by going on to com and, and hitting play. Because when mm. I don't put the shows up in time, as sometimes I don't, people go, oi, I can't, I can't listen to this. So people are on that website. So this is your last chance, folks. Unless I see uh, a few posts on that forum, I'm going to switch the bugger off because it makes us look bad. It makes it look like no one's on there when actually there's hundreds of people on there. So um, if you've got something to say, there's something niggling you. If you're not on Facebook, why don't you go to dumdydum.com and go and share your thoughts with your fellow dumdy dummers. Um, I'm pushing down the, the script here, Lucy. Uh, why, why don't you uh, read, read out the bit in red? Because I've di- I've 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 shut right, down. You shut the, it down. Right. The page Patreon that had it is the place where you can go, folks, to help support <laughs> Dum De Dum the podcast. <laughs> Patreon is a, a website whereby you you, you can donate two dollars per show, and it and it goes towards the Dum De Dum coffers. And quite simply, go to patreon.com and to and support our show. And maybe two or three times a year, we like to read out the new Patreons and give you a big thumbs up. So patreon.com, go there to support us. Now, this show would only be uh, Lucy and her wonderful monologues, which, you know what, Lucy, that would be a show, actually. But it wouldn't <laughs> be everything it could be if it wasn't for you, dear listener. So remember, you can get in contact with us because your voice is vital to send us a voice message. Uh, you can either either go on SpeakPipe, which is on dumdydum.com, or you can call us on 0203-031-3105 to leave us a message via a good old-fashioned phone. Now on uh, social media, specifically Twitter, which is where this show was birthed. You can find Yokel Bear at dumdydum. Lucy is at at Lucy V Freeman, and I can be found at Royfield. Now we were birthed on Twitter, but we do have a presence on Facebook. That scandal-ridden social media platform. Oh, they're fuckers! They've all got our data. <laughs> they're doing all manner of nefarious things. Mark Zuckerberg wouldn't trust him as far as I could throw him. But anyway, we do have a presence there because we're keeping an eye on old Zuckerberg. You know, the, the joke's on him, really. Uh, quite simply. To go on to dumdydum.com on Facebook, type in dumdydum. And I want to see some Torontonians, Ontarians, or maybe some people that just live in the continent of North America at the Dumdydum meetup on Saturday, April the 13th. It'd be really good to break bread with you all, sing a dumdydum, and show the other dumdydumers around the world how Toronto does it. So, if you want to do, if you want to come along and meet fellow Dumby Dummers, quite simply, uh, RSVP to Christina at, and I should have had this queued up, and I didn't, at 206-595-1232. Or you can email that lovely person who's Archers and Dumby uh, Dum bonkers because she flew oh i can't find her email address wait a minute mm-hmm. 
here we go. Or you can find uh, Christina's email, or you can contact Christina on Christina Dracos, D-R-A-K-O-S at gmail.com. That's me, done. And me. <laughs> and Basil, cool. who's woofing because he can see something in the garden he wants to go <laughs> out and see. How, how, how's Basil doing? Much better, thank you. He's still, um, he's st- uh, got an infected mouth now and he's swollen up on his shoulder, but he is getting back to his normal self. Oh. So he's not nervous about roads or anything? Yep, he's frightened of cars, which is no bad thing. Mm-hmm. And he got his head and shoulders stuck down a flipping fox earth today, so he's obviously feeling better. Silly idiot. <laughs> Good old Baz. Mm. Um, still waiting for me photograph, Lucy, but oh, I won't mention God. that again. Sorry. Yes, yes. I've had the haircut now, so I can do it. Yes, I'll do it. Sorry. I'll look forward to that later to- today then, shall I? Yes. That's a lie. <laughs> no, I'm not going to do it today. I'll do it tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> All right. See you next week. Bye. Bye-bye. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 